Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Yutap Padakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavamstha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Varijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakhamstha Umagyanati Mirandasya Vyagyanangana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gravenamaha Siddhantot Palazara Nityarasikam Hamsam Virasatmakam Maudari Yakya Sudhama Sevakadanam Vishramma Bhakti Pradam Yachna Yukti Vichakshanam Thagabido Vaishishta Shaktiya Saravande Ham Tripurari Namakayatim Shri Bhakti Virantinam Anjakalpatarubhyas chakripas indubhyaeva chatpatitanam bhavanibhyo vaishnavibhyo namo namaha. Namo mahavadanyaya krishna prema pradayate krishnaya krishna chaitanya namne gaurtvise namaha. He krishna kurunasindho dinamandho chagatpate gopesha gopika kanta radha kanta namastate. Tapta kanchana gaurangi radhe vrindavaneshwari. Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vrindayai Tulasi Deviyai Priyayai Keshavasacha Krishna Bhakti Pradev Devi Satyavatyai Namunamaha Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Brahmanityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Shivasari Shigaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Eva Kevalam. Kalao Nasti Eva, Nasti Eva, Nasti Eva, Gati Ranyata. Welcome everyone. Welcome Karolina Dandavat, Maharaja Dandavat, Govinda Dasti Dandavat. It's nice to see all of you again. We reached the third part of this uh, short series on the art of uh, giving class in Krishna consciousness. The first time I spoke about, uh, or I tried to speak about the philosophy. And the second part, Last week, I spoke about uh, the format, uh, how to begin with Mangala Charana, how to end also with some prayers and uh, these kind of things. And today, my plan is to speak uh, on practical matters. So we'll see how it goes. And again, if there are questions and comments, then I would be very happy to, to hear that. And also maybe you can share some of your own experiences because I know many of you have uh, been giving classes. Uh, I've also been very happy to, to hear some of those. Last time I wasn't able to, to uh, listen live to Shamananda Prabhu's class, but I heard it afterwards and I liked it very much. So uh, this is the first thing I'm going to say today, that the best way to learn how to, to give class is to listen to others. In the beginning, we kind of copy, but after, after a while, we start to get our own, own style. There is a whole science on how to, to speak, of course. This is called, in, in the Western tradition, this is called rhetorics, or the, the art of of speaking, the, the, the Western rhetoric uh, style is, uh, as many things in Western cultures, based on, on the ancient Greeks and then developed further by the, the Romans, uh, Cicero and others, and then uh, developed further on in uh, throughout history. And we can learn many things from, from great uh, speakers. There are many politicians, for example, who are very good at speaking. There are many uh, uh, 
politicians throughout history, people like Churchill, uh, Goebbels, Hitler, the contents of what they were saying, neither of all, none of those persons was always very good. But sometimes we can learn of some of the, the tricks they were using, the kind of, of techniques. But more important than that is to look at how the Gaudiya Vaishnavas are speaking and how they are constructing their talks. Yes, we can learn from people like Churchill or Nixon or Bill Clinton or other politicians who often need to learn how to, to speak in a way so that they can convince the audience or lawyers, those are of course also expert rhetoricians. They have to convince a jury or something like that. But as Vaishnavas, we generally don't uh, have to speak to that kind of audiences. So these kind of, of tricks, how to convince the audience, how to turn a, uh, an upset audience into your friends is not so often necessary. For a Vaishnava. In uh, the American style of public speaking, there's a lot of emphasis on how to begin. That you have to, to really start out in a very striking way. And many times people confuse speaking with writing but it's actually very different fields. If you write a book, you need the very beginning of the book to be striking. Call me Ishmael or something like that. We, we remember from the classics. It has to be, it has to catch the reader from the beginning. When you speak, you don't need to catch the reader, the, the, the listener. He or she is there already. They've come there because they're going to hear the Bhagavatam. They've come there because they want to hear somebody speak on the glories of Janavama. Today is the appearance day of Janavama. So you already kind of have the audience on your side. You don't need to kind of catch them. It's not that if I don't begin this talk really well, then Shamananda is going to go away. He's already prepared to sacrifice one hour of his life for this. So he's going to sit through it anyway. So in fact, when you're giving a talk, it's usually better to start kind of low key. To start even in a kind of self-deprecating way. The ancient rhetoricians call this humili humilitatio. To, to start in a, in a humble way. It doesn't even matter if you look kind of nervous or if you look kind of scared. People will usually take that in a positive way. Yeah, I know this Brigupad is really puffed up, but today he actually looked a little bit humble. Maybe he was fidgeting with his papers and uh, wait, I will try to see if I can figure out how to do this recording here. It actually creates a kind of of, of humble appearance, which usually kind of uh, arises sympathy in the audience. So you don't need to worry about how to start so much. Just begin with the Mangala Charana and then begin slowly. And this idea of humilitatio is, of course, particularly relevant for us Gaudiya Vaishnavas, since our main uh, rule, of course, is Trinada Pisunichena. It's not just about a rhetorical trick that let me kind of appear like I'm humble and then they will like me. But actually, this is what we should cultivate for real, not just for show. So this is good to remember from the beginning. I'm just a little ant in front of all these great Vaishnavas. 
Nevertheless, sometimes that can make it too scary. This is something I mentioned the very first time that for many people, speaking in public is about the scariest they can imagine. The two top fears in different uh, surveys are usually the fear of dying and the fear of speaking in public. Suddenly getting called on at a big uh, dinner party that, Greg, could you please uh, say some words about our host here today? That could be a really scary situation. And different expert speakers, they have different advice to give in situations like this. Uh, somebody has said that uh, it helps to imagine that uh, the audience are all sitting in their underwear. I don't think this applies so much to Vaishnavas. But the idea of that, of course, is to not be scared of the audience. As Vaishnavas, we don't really need to be scared of the audience because we know that uh, everybody who has come have come uh, because they like us, because they want to hear Krishna Katha. So we don't need to kind of imagine embarrassing things for the audience, like that they are sitting in their underwear or something like that. Uh, but we should think instead that... Uh, they have come here because uh, they want to hear Krishna Katha. And they have not come here to judge me. Because Vaishnavas don't do that. Vaishnavas are not judgmental of each other. So we don't need to be scared. We don't need to be scared. This is the first thing to remember. No need to be scared of the audience. They are your well-wishers. The Vaishnava is the, the Vanchakalpa, the Vanchakalpataru, the desire tree. Why would the Vaishnavas want you to fail or uh, laugh at your bad class or anything like that? Obviously, they wouldn't do that. Instead, they will bring out the best and that's usually not even very difficult. I really uh, very much like this series that uh, Archana Siddhi is, is doing now, uh, these interviews. I don't know if you were there yesterday for the interview with Krishangi, but I thought it was so sweet. And I've known Krishangi for many years, uh, almost as long as Kamalaksha has known her. And so I know her fairly well. And I, I consider her my, my friend. We know each other well, and we've been working together with many projects. But she said many things yesterday that I never heard her say before. And it was all so very sweet and charming and so kind of real. It was so easy to appreciate it. And it's always like this with Vaishnavas when they are sharing something about themselves. So we don't need to worry about the audience. We don't need to worry so much even about the beginning. Doesn't matter if the beginning is a little bit shaky. If the audience notices that, <coughs> yes, well, <coughs> um, now I will, uh, <coughs> I will speak now <coughs> a little bit about the, <coughs> the, the art of, of speaking. It doesn't matter so much. But then, of course, we need to get started eventually. And it's never a bad idea to get started with the story. Not just any story, of course, but something that uh, has a bearing on the topic. Like, uh, I'm giving lots of, of, of talks. Um, because of my work, I'm a, I'm a, a university teacher. Uh, so I speak a lot, and I'm usually not so, so nervous. But sometimes I am. And one of the worst situations was at, at a big conference. 
uh, a Sanskrit conference, the so-called World Sanskrit Conference. It was held in, in, in Delhi that year. It's held usually every second year. Now, because of Corona, there's been a hiatus, of course. But that time, this is perhaps 10 years ago, the, one of the, the organizers asked me that, would you like to take part in the uh, poet's corner? That we usually have a group of, of, uh, of people who read some poetry for each other in Sanskrit. And uh, I'd actually written something in, in Sanskrit before. So I thought, yeah, well, that actually might be fun. But I didn't know the other people. So, so I asked that, uh, do you think it's, it's okay if I join also? I'm, I'm new to these circles. And, yeah, sure. It's always new people are, are joining. And uh, uh, will, it be, will it be people of, of all types or will it only be Indian people? No, no, everybody can come. Everybody can come. So uh, I turned up and sure enough, I was the only uh, white person there. I was also the only one under the age of 60. Everybody else were these very established, super scary uh, professors who had written like 50 books each. Uh, and then I stood there in front of the microphone and they were all looking at me like they were sitting like this. Hmm. Like this, really scary. And I realized that the only thing I can do is to uh, really kind of take my life in my hands and just start. So I just put my hands together and said, Oma Jnana Timirandasya Jnana Shalakaya. And it was a great success, but I was so nervous. I was sweating in the beginning. My hands were completely wet. I was afraid I would get an electric shock from the microphone, but it was fine. It went away after a little while. So it's a good idea to start with a story like that. Everybody was kind of like, yeah, he was talking something, but then it became kind of personal. And Brigu told that story about the Sanskrit conference. But we're not supposed to simply be storytellers. There should always be some, some point in the story. Sometimes people make up stories. Indra Dhyumna Maharaj, for example, if, you, if you've heard his, his classes, he's a very good storyteller. He's also very imaginative. Uh, he, he can tell uh, clearly made up stories. He'll tell about like, about the same devotee, completely different stories, one, one evening and a completely different story the next evening. That's maybe, it works really well for him and his classes are very fun to hear, but I wouldn't recommend that because when people then hear the, the next version, they'll start thinking, wait a minute. And this brings us, of course, to the next point. When we speak Krishna Katha, Everything we say should be backed up with evidence. We're not supposed to be there just uh, uh, telling stories, making things up. There has to be some pramana. There has to be some evidence for what we are saying. Uh, and as Vaishnavas, evidence, the evidence we use can be of different types, of course. There's the evidence, the pramana of of uh, perception, experience. Uh, I had this experience of the Sanskrit conference. Uh, there's inference, anumana. But for us, the best kind of evidence, of course, is that of Shastra Pramana, of scripture. Now, reciting verses has kind of fallen out of fashion in today's Gaudiya Western Gaudiya Vaishnavism. 
when devotees give classes nowadays, they don't cite so many verses. And me included. I've also kind of uh, fallen away from this 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 style uh, in ISKCON that is, is very typical. And, and Prabhupada would uh, uh, cite so many verses when he was speaking. Guru Maharaj also used to cite lots of verses. He's not citing so many nowadays, but he used to cite lots of verses. And uh, if we, we, we look at the transcribed lectures of Vaishnavas such as Puri Maharaj or Gaur Govinda Maharaj or, or other senior devotees, we will see that they knew so many verses. On any topic, they could kind of call down some scripture of Brahmana. Not just these kind of basic verses about uh, the transmigration of the soul or Traigunya Vishayaveda and about the gunas and so on, but about high topics as well. The definition of uh, uh, what is the meaning of unmada, uh, which were the special uh, dear most verses of Janavama, and so on. And it becomes very effective and very impressive when you can when you can cite verses like this. So what to do then if we don't know those verses in Sanskrit? Well, we can learn them. That's a good practice. You can learn verses. Uh, again, I think it's kind of out of fashion, but uh, it's a good practice, learning verses. You can, you can learn, easily you can learn a verse a week. You can have, have cards that you practice with. You can put them on the... On the uh, the refrigerator door or whatever, so that you'll see them, see them of, often. It's a good practice, not only for, for learning the philosophy through these verses, but also for learning uh, correct pronunciation of Sanskrit. We don't all need to become Sanskrit scholars, obviously. There's no point in, in that. But it's good to learn to at least pronounce uh, Sanskrit more or less correctly. We usually find that that devotees who's, who've been in uh, the devotion on the devotional path for for a longer time, they kind of learn these things by osmosis, just by by hearing other devotees picking up uh, verses from them. But for new devotees, of course, it takes some practice. And again, the best way of practice is by by doing. By starting making a, a habit of reciting verses, writing down verses maybe in a notebook, maybe your favorite verses, or practicing verses such as uh, Sanatana Goswami's uh, Bhakti Rasayana verses at the end of the, uh, the Brihad Bhagavata Amrita, other collections of verses. Srila Sridhar Maharaja's Prapanna Jivanamritam is a very sweet and beautiful collection of or mainly Bhagavatam verses. And interspersing these verses in your talk not only gives the impression that you really know what you're speaking about, it also gives the audience a chance to listen to the purifying sound of the Sanskrit language and to hear Krishna's name through these verses. Tavakatamritam taptajivanam kavibiriritam kalmashapaham shravanamangalam srimadatatam bhuvigrinanti buridajana. But also, of course, we shouldn't just learn the Sanskrit, we should also learn the translation. That one we don't need to learn. Uh, verbatim but at least so that we can speak about what it means it's not just so supposed to be kind of a nice sound bite but, but uh, uh, we need to know what the context is of these verses, when to recite them uh, what the point of them and what the meaning is that verse was from, from the Bhagavatam the 10th canto 
that can be Gopi Gita. So, uh, uh, these are some uh, things to think about. But even what, before you get there, even before you stand there in front of the devotees or sit on the asana, uh, preparation should be there. Somebody asked about this this last time, but how much time do I spend on preparing for lectures? Uh, and that that varies varies on about exact what exactly what kind of lecture it is. Uh, but different people will need different time for preparation as well. In the beginning, we need a lot of time for preparation. Uh, in the beginning, you might spend more time, easily more time preparing than actually than speaking. And it makes sense to, to write at least part of what you're going to speak, to write it down. Generally, uh, Krishna Katha or, or uh, Pravachans or, or part is not uh, uh, reading in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. In some formal occasions, people read speeches. Like they, they will have, have a speech written out and then, dear Vaishnavas, it is important to understand that Sambandha Dhyana means this and so and so forth. So you, you actually write down everything and then you read it. Uh, that's not so common in Vaishnava circles, but there are some benefits with that. In the sense that when you've written something before you speak it, even if you don't read it then uh, from the paper like that, uh, when you write it, you can actually uh, usually think out of, of phrases and, and things to say that will be more kind of striking than when you just speak freely. Uh, all of the great talks of history, all of the great uh, presentations, they have been carefully planned. If you hear the, the, the speeches of, let's say, Churchill, for example, all of these things like... Uh, even if the British Empire would last for another thousand years, people will always say that this was the finest hour. All of these kind of things, these really kind of striking and beautiful phrases, they've all been written. They've all been practiced. And even now when I was trying to imitate it, it didn't come out nearly as nice as when Churchill says it, just because I didn't exactly remember how it was. So many times it makes sense when preparing to at least the most important parts to write them down and learn them then. It's also sometimes good to practice, to practice in front of, of uh, uh, a computer or in front of a, of a mirror or in front of a, uh, an audience consi consisting of your spouse or somebody like that, you can force to, to help you. Uh, just to kind of, again, get over the worst nervousness and also to kind of see, does this structure that I've created, does it work? So put down time into practice, put down time into planning and thinking you can, if you don't write down everything, and you shouldn't write everything, I think, uh, at least you can write down some bullet points. But start from here. Start from this uh, story about the Sanskrit conference, then go here, then go there, and then in that direction. Whether you have that text on the computer or if you have it on a piece of paper, it doesn't really make a big difference. But uh, have something there, especially if you are a little bit new, you might feel nervous. And the worst thing about feeling nervous is that 
you can't really be yourself. You feel scared. And when you're scared, you're not performing as you usually would. So you can lose the train of thought. You can have a blackout and whatever. And then it's good to have uh, something, some paper or something that you can go back to. And, and uh, oh, um, yes, Pramana. So have that kind of as a, as a lifeline with you. I've seen many uh, spiritual masters, many gurus who write, have small pieces of paper, like post-it notes or something that they keep with them. Then when they, they give the class, they, they will put that paper in, into the book they're speaking on. And then they can go back and, and look at the paper if they, they feel the need for it. Of course, with very ex expert uh, uh, speakers like uh, our Guru Maharaj, for example, he doesn't need to do that. He has the ability to, in his mind, kind of create this, this framework and then work within that. But we may not be so expert yet. So better to have this kind of uh, security of some notes. Another thing that uh, you can think about when, when uh, speaking is also uh, how to kind of develop the, the, the mood of the talk. Many Vaishnavas are, are expert at this. They will start in a very kind of soft and slow way. Today we have gathered on the sacred day of Janava Ma's appearance. Janava Ma, of course, was the eternal concert of Sri Nityananda Prabhu. And then gradually they'll become more, more animated and Nityananda, he would go from door to door and he would say, just chant Krishna's name. Bolo Krishna, Bhajo Krishna, Koro Krishna Shikha. Uh, he would say, this is the only alms that we're asking for. Just chant Krishna's name. Don't worry about anything. I will take you back to Godhead. Like in that old Iskon song. Gornitai, hear a cry, take us back home to Godhead. So like this, Gornitai would come and they would collect everybody up. And then gradually like this, you can kind of uh, uh, raise the mood. And sometimes we see Vaishnava speakers like Gorgovinda Maharaj. At the end of the talk, they will practically be shouting. You should surrender to Krishna. Give up all these anarthas. Come back to Godhead. Come with me. We will go back to Godhead and leave Maya. Like this kind of, if you start like that, you'll, you'll seem like a crazy person. And sometimes also, if we see like recorded talks, Frodo is getting worried here that what's going on here. If we, if we start out shouting like that, people will think that we're, we're crazy. But uh, if it's uh, towards the end of the talk, if it's uh, being built up gradually like that, then... Uh, it will actually be very sweet and it can be very enthusiastic. Uh, it, can, it can make the audience also quite enthusiastic. Uh, this is not so common today. Not so many Vaishnava speakers uh, uh, build up the kind of intensity like that. Some do. If you, if you want to uh, get some uh, really inspiring examples of that, you can listen to some talks from, for example, uh, Gorgovinda Maharaj. Uh, another thing you can do, kind of, there are some, some tricks as well, of course, that you can do. You can, you can also vary the intensity, just like uh, expert kirtaniyas. They know that one way to kind of get the people with them is to, to make the, the melody really kind of, the, 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 the pace of the kirtana quite intensive, but then sometimes taking kind of a break. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare, 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 Rama, Hare, Rama. So similarly with, with talking, you can kind of do the same thing there as well. Uh, change the tempo. But again, these are kind of advanced things. And usually they don't work that well if it's too artificial. It has to kind of 
come from the speaker naturally. I'm a phlegmatic, boring Finnish person. So you will never hear me uh, shouting to you to, to, to go back to Godhead or anything like that. I'm going always to be this. Yes, then Sambandha Jnana needs to be had. But some devotees are very good at this. And again, it's also about uh, developing your own style. And also about recognizing that people have different styles and not everybody works the same, works the same way for everyone. Some devotees are very good at giving very emotional talks. Uh, if uh, the, the, the Americans uh, here, they, they probably from, from school or, or other places, they've, they've heard about, about Nixon's uh, checkers talk. Do you know that one, Karen? <laughs> okay. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's a, a classic of, of political uh, discourse. Uh, he had been, been accused when he was running for vice president long time back in history. Uh, uh, he had been accused of embezzling some funds. So he gave a, a, a TV talk where he, he, he started out by explaining about his, his uh, finances how much he, he, he owns, how much he owes, mentioning how poorly his wife is dressing. She has this old, old coat. She doesn't have a, a, a mink coat. She has this, this old coat that she's had for years and kind of creating this kind of sympathy among the, the, the listeners. But then the thing that really clinched it for him in that talk was checkers, because he said that if there's any doubt about anything that I have received during this campaign, then just in case to alleviate all the doubts, I'm going to give back all the gifts I received. But uh, I spoke at one uh, rally in Texas, he said, Nixon. Uh, and uh, I mentioned that my daughter would really like to have a dog. And then a week later, we got a call from the post office that there was a box for us. So we went down and uh, this one person from Texas had sent us uh, in a box, the cutest Cocker Spaniel puppy. And he was all black and had some white spots on the face. So my daughter uh, gave him the name Checkers. And he's a part of the family now. So we are not giving him away. And of course, after the talk, everybody just remembered the checkers, the dog, and how sweet he was that he's not going to give away the dog. So this is, this is a trick. This is a, an example of, of a kind of sleazy politician uh, using people's emotions to lead them astray, to make them think that he's a decent guy who thinks about the happiness of his daughter. Uh, and we don't want to use tricks like that, but it's good and important to recognize that emotions are very important. Many people feel much more attracted to an emotional presentation of Krishna consciousness than a philosophical one. A presentation of Krishna consciousness where we speak about uh, uh, feelings we were just now reading in the Srimad Bhagavatam in the seventh canto. Karen was there as well. We were reading about Prahlad Maharaj uh, as a child and how Prahlad uh, was perfect bhakta from his, his birth. He had this naisargiki rati, the Bhagavatam mentioned, seventh canto, fourth, fourth chapter, naisargiki rati. It means like, like uncreated love for Krishna natural love and there were some really beautiful verses about this in the Bhagavatam like how sometimes Prahlad would be stunned by ecstasy having felt the hand the touch of the Lord and I thought that was so beautiful and I was imagining that how would it feel like if you'd feel Krishna's hand on your shoulder 
or if you'd feel Krishna's hand on your hand or on your back, it, <laughs> it almost gives me goosebumps just to think about it. So uh, there's not much philosophy in a verse like that, but for some people, kind of emotional people, uh, verses like that will say much more than if you explain about uh, what kind of prema Prahlad has and what is his position in relationship to Uddhava or, or the, the Pandavas and so on. Uh, but again, this is something that needs to come naturally. And some speakers, they are, are by nature, uh, they are more inclined to speak in a philosophical way others in a more emotional way. And this is also something that can change uh, over, over, over time and over our own kind of development in Krishna consciousness. Now, how long should one go on speaking? In this Tattva Viveka series, uh, we have a indicated one hour per lecture. That's actually a little bit too long in my opinion. It's very difficult to keep the interest of the audience up for an hour. You really need to be an expert to do that. Otherwise, uh, most people will kind of fade in and fade out of, of consciousness during the, the, the lecture. There'll be some interesting parts and then there'll be some boring parts. And uh, when the boring part starts, then maybe you'll turn off the video and you'll do the dishes or go out with the dog or something like that. And that's fine because one hour really is very challenging for a human being to sit still and just focus on somebody else's voice. Uh, so personally, I think that lectures should preferably be somewhat shorter than that. 45 minutes, or between half an hour or 45 minutes is usually quite enough. Uh, some people can do can give long lectures. I'm not saying that, but for most people, it's it's challenging, and we don't need to think like that. That a lecture needs to be super long to be good. It doesn't. Half an hour, 45 minutes is usually quite enough. If you listen to Prabhupada's lectures, for example, they were rarely more than half an hour. Um, and I'll just say one more thing. When speaking about Krishna consciousness, don't say too many things. You can tell stories, you can give examples, you can uh, recite as many verses as you wish, but don't have too many points in the talk. Don't explain... Uh, the layout of, of the cosmos... Uh, the uh, progression from Shraddha to Prema, the three gunas, the contents of the 18 Puranas. Don't do all of this in one lecture, but have just maybe three points, three or maximum four points that you want uh, the listeners to kind of catch. That if you afterwards you will ask Radha Madhava that what was it that Brigu actually wanted to say? Uh, she shouldn't be like, well, um, he was speaking about the Puranas and then there was something about Narada. And... But she, she should be able to remember at least something. And in order to make anybody remember what your points were, it's often a good idea to come back to them. Like begin with preparing properly. Spend time on preparation, more time than the class itself. Don't worry about the beginning. Don't be scared of the audience. You can start in a kind of slow way. Use stories from your own life or from that you've heard about great Vaishnavas, stories that have some point. Just use verses to kind of ground whatever you're speaking in the philosophy. Uh, think about emotions. Uh, integrating emotions into your speech as well. And uh, don't have too many points. 
Not so many points, just three or four points. So these are the things I wanted to say today. Are there any questions or comments? Oh, so many new people have come come up since I said Haribol. Haribol Chandana, Haribol Mahapriya, Haribol Mira Krishna, Gaurana Rayana, Martin, Dandavat to all of you. Shamananda, say something about your uh, lectures so far. How how have you how have they been from your perspective? Have you spent a lot of time on preparation and so on? Mm, yes, many, many more hours than the talk itself. <laughs> and uh, there's only been two times. So the second time I was more calm than the first one. That's what I can say. That's good to hear. Now that you said it, probably you'll be more nervous the third time again, but yeah. <laughs> but gradually, gradually. Thank you, Brigapad, for taking it to another level with your dog sidekick. <laughs> yeah, that was all planned, of course, orchestrated, choreographed. But he actually, he gets nervous when, if, we, if we're having an argument at home, for example, he, he gets nervous. So the dogs can feel things like that. So I think he was, he was thinking that I was having an argument with you guys here when I started shouting. So he needed to come and check out what was going on. It's my daughter's dog, Frodo. Yes, Namarasana. So I would like to thank you very much for this session about preparing uh, our service to giving class. Uh, actually, I was surprised because you gave uh, three classes and two of them, uh, you talk more about the attitude, yes, how to approach to the class. Uh, so, in the beginning, I was thinking that it will be more like technical, yes, to talk about structure, how to prepare ourselves. And so this was really nice that you gave this two classes only about uh, uh, spiritual attitude, yes, uh, about this prayer which we can chant. So it was for me. Uh, it was for me a really interesting experience because I was, uh, when I, I had some experience with talking to the kids because uh, uh, I was in charge many years uh, on Sunday school for kids in our uh, local temple. Uh, so I had some experience with talking, yes, but it's different with kids and with <laughs> others. And uh, I have also this attitude that I'm good at cooking, I'm good in, uh, I don't know, worshiping deities. So the classes is not my stuff. Uh, my husband is better in talking, see it? Uh, so uh, this time I was thinking that it's not about, uh, actually it's not about others to giving class, but it's more about me, that I can take something for uh, preparing to the class, for talking to the devotees. So I, I have changed the mind after, uh, uh, after the three classes. Uh, yes, it was really revealing for me, but it's not because uh, we have some comfort zone, yes, even in the Seva for Krishna. I'm doing something good, so I will do it to uh, all my years, yes. So maybe sometimes it's good to do something else, to try. Yes, I'm not good in singing, so some, somebody can do it. 
I know better people. The same with uh, classes. Uh, so thank you. Thank you very much because I'm now a little encouraged uh, to do something more. <laughs> Not only this, what I know and what uh, I feel good. So thank you very much, Diego. Thank you. And do you know what, uh, Rasana? Yes. Next time, we have one more time left. Do you remember yes. what my plan was for the last time? Yes, I know. But this time I have to very assertive. I have so much things and this moment in my life on my shoulder. So I really, I really like to tell something next class. <laughs> but I think it will be too, for me, too stressful because it's really intense time in my life. But okay. I will, but I promise you, I promise you that I really want to try to give some speech to devotees. Uh, I think that uh, sometimes we a little avoid to give classes because there are different, uh, 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 there are different people which you listen. Yes. So uh, it's, uh, you want to. Tell something interesting, not too high, not too simple. Yes. So sometimes it's very difficult to be like in the middle. Yes. That mm -hmm. some somebody who knows something about Krishna consciousness will be interesting and will be inspired. And some like you, some like senior devotees will be also inspired to listen to what you want to talk. But now I understand. It's not about. Uh, it's about attitude. It's about your attitude. Yes. It's about yes. heart, not about technique, structure, and all the stuff. Yes, I'm really happy that you understood this last point because I was kind of scared. That's why I saved these kind of techniques and tricks and things like that for the third time because I didn't want to put the emphasis there. And even today, I was kind of. I wanted to share these kind of basic ideas and tricks of the trade but i didn't want you to kind of get the impression that it's all about kind of learning some technique these kind of things they can be helpful but they are not the main thing nevertheless uh, even though namarasana now uh, uh, said no i still need some volunteers for next time and uh uh, the task is to give a 10-minute presentation between 5 and 10 minutes, no longer than that, including Mangalacharana prayers at the end. Uh, 10 minutes. Uh, we, that can be what we're aiming at. So uh, uh, I'm looking for volunteers, and as a proper uh, nasty teacher. Uh, if no volunteers turn up, then I'm going to force some of you. So Radha Madhava is, is, is one. Did I see your hand? Did you have your hand up, Radha Madhava? And Govinda, yes, and Govinda Mohini has. Good. So we have two. Who's number three? Who is number three? I think uh, uh, Sakyarati is number three. And uh, uh, Gornarayana. And Maharha Devi. Maharha Devi. Yes, and Maharha is number five. So these are the persons. Is that fine? And uh, again, we are here as friends. So this is not good. It's not going to be an exam. It's not that I'm going to listen in and then I'm going to say that. That uh, uh, Sakyarati, the beginning was kind of good, but then you lost us with this story. It was, didn't make any sense. And, and uh, the philosophy also was kind of off there. Uh, we're not going to do anything like that. We're just going to listen to each other and enjoy. And we're going to praise each other. This is so important. 
When I was a kid in Finland, uh, it was thought that the worst thing a parent can do is to compliment their child because then the child is going to get spoiled. And that's the worst thing that can happen uh, if, a, if, a, if a child is spoiled. Nothing is worse than that. That's such a, a bad pedagogy. It's just as bad as spoiling. And we're not going to spoil each other. We're not going to say that, that uh, Greg, you have so beautiful dresses. Your hair is so nice and shiny. And that's atistuti. That's uh, 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 saying too much. It's another way of, of insulting another person. So we're not going to say anything like that, but we're going to lift up really each other by, by complimenting each other for the nice things. And I can guarantee that we're going to find at least 20 nice things about every single Vaishnava saying something. We won't even have time to say all the nice things, but we'll say some really nice things about each other. And we're not going to be faking it at all. We're going to, from the bottom of our hearts, we're going to appreciate uh, the beauty of the Vaishnavas. I think this sounds like a good plan. Any other questions or comments or anything like that? Are you having your hand up, Karen? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, um, but no, I, I just wanted to thank you. That it was extremely, it was very solid, very solid advice. Because of course I speak in a completely different context, but when I try to structure my lectures uh, for university students or my lessons when I'm teaching younger people, that I I follow you know a lot of these same principles. Um, so it was, this is very good, solid advice to use in other contexts as well. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Karen. Oh, there it is. Yeah, if anybody would want to practice sometime, like I'm, I'm new here, I'm all up for learning new things. So if anybody wants to do practice teaching, that, that, that would be an honor for me, if you would do like a little practice for me, and then I can give you some kind of feedback if that would be helpful. Nice, that's nice. Thank you, Karen. Thank and, you. Uh, and uh, uh, you're on Facebook. I'm sure many of you are yeah. already friends with, with Karen. If you're not, then, then uh, find her. You'll notice she has many devotee friends. Uh, uh, Sarah yeah. Grahi uh, and, and others are, are friends with Karen. So you'll find her there. Thanks. So thank you everyone for this session. And uh, see you next week. Jai Mishnu Pavar, Dangasa Pravraja Pacharyas, Tutar Shashishimad, Bhakti Vedanta Triburadi Goswamaraj, Guru Maharaj Ki Jai, Jai Nitale Pravishna Mishnu Pavar, Bhajanar, Vindu Bhakti Vrantu Swamaraj, Lavrupad Ki Jai, Jai Nitale Pravishna Mishnu Pavar, Bhakti Rakshakshita Dev Goswamaraj Ki Jai, Jai Nitale Pravishna Mishnu Pavar, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Goswami Maharaj, Lavrupad Thakur Ki Jai, Jai Gorki Shodas Babaji Maharaj Ki Jai, Jai Shachi Dhananda Moitakur Bhaktivinod Ki Jai Jai Vaishnava Sarva Bhamashla Jagannatha Aspavati Maharaj Ki Jai Jai Gaudiya Vedanta Acharya Shlabaladi Bidibhushan Puru Ki Jai Jai Vishnath Chakrarthi Thakur Ki Jai Jai Shinivar Shamanana Narottam Prabhutrai Ki Jai Jai Krishna Raskavarat Goswam Maharaj Ki Jai Jai Vyasavatashi Vrindavandas Thakur Mahashai Ki Jai Jai Shri Rupa Sanatana Bhattar Ganatha Shri Jeeva Gopala Bhattar Ashra Ganatha Goswam Prabhu Ki Jai Jai Namacharya Shlaharadas Thakur Ki Jai Jai Rai Ramananda Swaroop Damadar Shikki Mahitti Gaura Parshita Vrinda Ki Jai Jai Premsukoshi Krishna Chaitanya Pramanitya Nanda Shri Advaita Gadadara Shri Gaura Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai 